When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a fantabulous finish from the king. Wait until you see what he did in overtime last night. Holy smoke. Then is today the day on the anniversary of their last blockbuster. We'll tell you why it might not be as easy for the Bears this time around. And then wait, is one team near the top of this draft about to do the exact opposite of what we've expected all along? All that and a whole lot more. Let's go. It's a football Friday, everybody. Let's make a little noise. We are excited to be here. D. Wood is ready to roll. He saw something in the combine yesterday that got him excited. You'll hear what that was. Meanwhile, our crew in Indy is up and ready to roll. Graziano's got stories for days. Lewis is ready to roll. And Tannenbaum is right out of the Schwitz. So we are ready on this Friday morning. But we begin. D. Wood. Yeah. Hi, LeBron. Second night of back-to-backs, right? Yep. Just had the furious comeback against the Clippers the night before. And then last night in Washington, home against Washington, the Wizards. That's Jordan Poole, who scored 34. Washington, a two-point lead late in this ballgame. Austin Reeves, what do you think? Mm, look at the footwork. Look at the fancy footwork. Granny getting in the paint. He was in his bag. Tied at 126. Five seconds left. Poole with a chance to win it on the road. The D D from LeBron, we're going to overtime. Speaking of the D from LeBron, here you go, Damian Woody. Here's your moment. Lakers down by three. We got a turnover. We got a fast break. Watch out. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) Look how clean. You should know better than that. Look how clean that block is with the left hand. And then down by three, not anymore. Not anymore. Bang. My man Mike Breen, bang! That one ties it at 131. Next Laker possession, it's Russell to LeBron. It's LeBron to AD. He had 40 points and 15 rebounds. Lakers a two-point lead now. It's a three-point lead late. Former Laker Kyle Kuzma for the tie. Ooh. D-Wood, the Lakers hold on and win it. LeBron had 31. He is now nine points shy of 40,000 for his career, he is, of course, already the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. How about the back-to-back nights for LeBron James? We'll have Monica and Allen in here to talk about it a little later. Here's where it leaves the Lakers. They're still in that 9-10 range, but look how closely bunched everybody is. They're just three and a half games that separate fifth place from 10th place. So these wins matter a lot. We'll talk more about it as we go. Meanwhile, let us head to the epicenter of the football universe. That's Indianapolis on this Football Friday. The scouting combine gets super interesting today. The quarterbacks are in the house. We will hear from all of them this morning, and you will hear from them here on Get Up the moment they have spoken. The consensus top three are all in the building. Here's what Vegas thinks at ESPN Bet right now. It's all aboard the Caleb train. The USC quarterback listed at minus 1,200 to go first overall. You see Drake May and then Jaden Daniels and the receiver Marvin Harrison. So it is as simple as that, right? Wrong. Here was Orlovsky yesterday on what he thinks the Bears should do at one. 
If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And I'm telling you right now, Dan's not the only one who feels that way as we go to the Penta Box this morning with our coverage from Indianapolis. And put your feet up. We're not taking a commercial for a long time because we have a lot to get to. Graziano, I start with you. I feel just sitting here, the momentum is starting to feel to me like there are a lot more people who are moving themselves into the Jaden Daniels at number one territory. You're on the ground for us at Indy. What are you hearing? Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, look, there are definitely people that, that feel that way, but the question is, how do the Chicago Bears feel about it, right? I mean, it, so as long as they are thinking Caleb Williams at number one, then then it really doesn't matter what anyone else's opinion uh, is. But it is interesting that Jaden Daniels is getting that level of buzz. He's impressing teams. There's no question about it. It's a big week for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is a guy we've heard a lot of stuff about over the last few months, right? A lot of lot of reports, you know, some stuff flying around. You know, does he does he want a, a, a piece of equity in the team, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. This is a chance this week for teams to get in front of him and to hear everything uh, in his own words. And so it, it's, an, it's an important week for him um, to solidify his status as that number one pick. And I guess it's entirely possible uh, that things could happen. Maybe the Bears trade down a spot or two and somebody moves up to take Jaden Daniels. But as of now, the sense I'm getting is most people seem to think it will be Caleb to the Bears at number one. And so, again, uh, Caleb Williams will address the media right around 55 minutes from now. We will turn that around for you the moment he has spoken with the most interesting things. Lewis, in the meantime, the evaluations continue. And, and, and as you, I, you were the first person I heard saying this, and then Danny jumped in with both feet yesterday. As you're watching the tape, the people who are, who are saying, you know what, maybe Jaden at number one, what is it they're seeing? Look, they're seeing, like, repeatable a repeatable skill set, meaning it's something that every week you saw Jaden Daniels operate with maximum efficiency inside the pocket, outside the pocket, decision-making, tight window throws, touch passes, changing the launch point in terms of design rollouts, creating when uh, outside of structure when things broke down, the mechanics with which he throws the football, nice, tight, compact release. It was never, it was never one of these long wind-up type of releases or an abbreviated release that made it look like he was pushing the football. It's just very smooth. It's very consistent. His ability to make good decisions in the RPO game, his his ability to break big plays in the running game. Look, the, the one thing that people really want to knock this young man on is some of his decision making in terms of taking big hits, and he took some absolute haymakers this year. That that really, I, I think these are the kind of things that you can coach him out of. Mm. But outside of that, oh. you cannot find many flaws with the way this guy played this year. You just can't. And he had the respect of one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time, and that being Nick Saban, who basically said, we couldn't find a way to stop him. We simply had no answer for this guy. And I think his game translates perfectly to the NFL. And I'm telling you this, from what I heard in terms of some of his meetings that he has had, he comes off super smart. He knew exactly what this offense uh, entailed last year at LSU. He could explain it from A to Z. And he's someone, I'm telling you, there are people who think that this guy 
is the best quarterback in this draft. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to go number one, but I'm clo- I, I right now have him basically neck and neck. And really what it's going to be, it's going to be about the comfort level that a team has with him that's going to decide it ultimately. And he may wind up being the best pro. We'll see. But I'm right there right now. These guys, him and Caleb, to me, are one and one. And so maybe Graziano made the most important point of all, which is at the end of the day, 32 different teams can have their own opinions. Only one of them is going to make the first pick in this draft. And if it is Chicago and they like Caleb Williams, it may not matter how much momentum there is in other places. So, Mike T., this was your job in two different places. You were the general manager, the Jets and the Dolphins. You stack a board. You've got your quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three. At this moment, and we recognize there's still two months left in the evaluation process, at this moment, how would you stack your board, Mike T., if you were making the pick? Yeah, this is what's so fascinating for me. Right now, it's Caleb Williams, number one. It's Drake May, number two. And it's Jaden Daniels, number three. And boy, is it close. Green, this is 2004 all over again, where you have Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger, and they're all great. The biggest concern that I have, and when I've talked to teams about Caleb Williams, is Greeny, he was sacked 83 times and 32 fumbles. And he's being coached by Lincoln Riley, a really good coach in two different places. That is a concern. You talk to people about Drake May, you hear a lot of comps about Phillip Rivers and how smart he is. You know, he lost a lot of production with Josh Downs, but because of his size and his intelligence, there's a lot of people, there's about 20% of the league that may have Drake May number one. And then Jaden Daniels, totally agree with what Lewis said. He is had he really outplayed Caleb Williams this year. That doesn't mean he's going to go number one. The only knock I have about Jaden Daniels is, is he built to last. He got to Arizona State. He was only 180 pounds. He's thin, and that's something he's going to have to work on. Can it be sustainable? But he had an unbelievable two-year run at LSU, and really all three have a chance to be great, and I think this debate will go on for the next two months. Yep. Absolutely, and again, let's see if it is ultimately the Bears who wound up making the pick. But, D. Wood, we had a good conversation um, yesterday when you were on the radio show with Hembo and me, where, where you, you boil it down at, at the end of its day for people who are concerned about the size. You boil it down. What is football? At the end of the day, what is football about? Who is it really meant to be played by? Big people beat little people. <laughs> it really is. And, that, you know, that's why Mike Tannenbaum brought up a concern. And that's a concern I have with, with Jaden Day. He's a slightly built young man. I'm, he's not short or anything, but he is slightly built. And in this game... In the professional game, you know, the, the most important thing is your availability. Well, the hits that Lewis had talked about with Jaden Daniels, you ta- if you're taking those type of hits on this level, you're not going to be available that often. So that's an issue that has to be coached up as far as avoiding those type of hits. But, Greeny, I will say this about Jaden Daniels. I think, I think his game is the most transferable to the National Football League. Mm. His ability to process what's in front of him. His ability to play on schedule, his ability to play off schedule, and most importantly, when when everything hits the fan, when teams are blitzing you, his ability to be accurate in man-to-man coverage, he does it better than any of the other two prospects that we're talking about. So for me, he will be my number one guy, but that the but he needs to get coached out of taking those big hits because he will not be available if he doesn't change that. Yeah, Hembo, gra- grab that number that you threw up yesterday or that someone mentioned yesterday about his numbers 
against the blitz or, or against zero uh, blitz, whatever it was. There was a statistic that we had yesterday that, that just blew everyone away in Jaden Daniels' favor. Lewis, give me a final word on this because I got to get to the other. There, there was another huge component to this of why today could wind up being overwhelmingly the most important day of all. But, Lewis, give me a final word as far as the evaluations of these three guys. You know, I remember when Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were coming out, if you remember a lot of the conversation around Jared Goff was whether or not he would be durable in the NFL because he was a guy who, was, who had struggled during college to keep on weight. He's kind of thin in his lower half, a long, angular, kind of spindly type of player as well. Jared Goff has had no issues as far as staying durable in the NFL and playing full seasons. Jaden Daniels, look, the NFL right now is geared towards protecting quarterbacks. And I think wherever he goes, they're not going to run him on a steady dose of quarterback draw, quarterback power, quarterback counter. They're just not going to do it. I mean, there's trained killers in the NFL. They know people know that. Now, it's much easier and I, I think it's much easier to slow down people than it is to speed them up. People will coach Jaden Daniels up on the fact that hey, look, you run up there and you let Aaron Donald get a hold of you like that, or you let some, you let Fred Warner hit you like you got hit against Mississippi State, you may not be playing for a while. Okay, so you need to calm down with that part of it. But as far as the rest of it is concerned, I'm just, just throw on the tape yourself. Forget the statistics. Throw on the tape yourself and watch this kid throw the football. It's poetry the way he throws it. There's nothing forced about it. He was born to – look, I think it was Bill Walsh who said there's people who throw the football and there's people who pass the football. Jaden Daniels passes the football like someone who was – born to do this and I don't see any reason why if he goes to the right situation he doesn't hit the ground running in the NFL the same way yeah uh, Orlovsky was talking about that yesterday as well his release and there's the number we were talking about last season when Jaden Daniels was blitzed he threw 17 touchdowns and zero interceptions you want to talk about what's transferable to the next level that's transferable now let us, 13 minutes into this conversation, get to what is the most important, or at least the most urgent piece of this. Graziano, it was a year ago today, the Friday of the Combine, that the Bears worked out one of the big trades we've seen in recent NFL memory with Carolina that leaves us where we are today, um, with Chicago having the first pick in this draft, which originally belonged to the Panthers. I think we have all expected this to be a week that was going to be a lot about Justin Fields. Tell everybody what you told us this morning about something that may be somewhat surprising that is developing there. Well, yeah, I think there's some questions arising about sort of just how robust the market will be for Justin Fields. And, you know, you look at potential destinations, you start to hear a lot about the Atlanta Falcons uh, possibly being interested in Kirk Cousins if he gets out of Minnesota and hits the open market. And if, if he's their top choice and goes there, that takes away a spot because the Bears probably aren't trading Fields to the Vikings in their own division. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Pittsburgh talking up Kenny Pickett. Are they going to try and run it back with him? And if so, would that mean they're not a suitor? So you do start to wonder, as you talk to people around here, if there's going to be a strong market. I do think they will move him, assuming they decide to stay put and make the pick. I do think they'll move him, but it could affect the value that they're able to get back in return for him if there are not a lot of teams bidding for him. All right, so help me, Mike T, because I'm not, I'm, I'm not a business – my business sense of this isn't as good as, as others might be, and obviously this, again, is directly up your alley. If you're the general manager of the Bears and you're finding out that the, the demand at this moment for Justin Fields isn't what you hoped it would be, does it behoove you to make a deal as quickly as you can or does it behold you to wait 
you know, we get, we get into the beginning of free agency, let a couple of other teams make their moves, maybe someone is left desperate. Does it behoove him to move quickly or more, uh, more slowly if it isn't what he expected it to be? Greedy, you got to make the trade right now. And Ryan Poles has done an unbelievable job as the GM of the Bears. Look, they got the first pick in the draft, not because it's theirs, it's the Panthers. So he has to run the exact same play, and here's why. You don't want to have seats taken. So, for example, Atlanta probably has some interest in Justin Fields today. I'm sure they're also talking to Kirk Cousins' agent, hypothetically in Indy. Those conversations happen from time to time. But if Kirk Cousins signs with the Atlanta Falcons, that's one less spot. So what you can't have happen, and Greeny, you covered the Bears. You can't have Caleb Williams drafted with Justin Fields there because now you're going to redshirt Caleb Williams, and every day you're going to talk about when does Caleb Williams play. So to me, you have to make the trade as quickly as possible, get the best deal you can, move on, presumably draft Caleb Williams, and that's your team for this year. Yeah, D. Wood, there is no circumstance based upon the, the dynamic that he's talking about. Forget about all the rest of it, just the dynamics of the quarterback room and of the fans and everything else. There's no world in which if they're not getting what they want for fields, they should keep him and still make the pick. Absolutely not. Like, you, if you, like, you know, I agree with Mike T. If you're going to make a move, make it now. You, you would create such an awkward dynamic in the quarterback room because, Greeny, of all the rooms in a, on, on a football team, that's the most delicate room on a team is the quarterback room. You don't want to create a situation where it's awkward between two guys. One guy is in limbo, another guy who is literally like the number one, number one pick in the draft. Yeah. So for I think for the sake of the organization, you make the trade, clear that, clear that room out, and make way for whoever's going to be the new the new quarterback for your franchise. Lewis, so so when you hear Graziano and again uh, telling us that maybe the market isn't what we expected it to be for Justin Fields, what what is your reaction mm. to that? I, I think I have felt all along. And I, I feel like most people have felt all along there are going to be teams beating down the door for Justin Fields when this opportunity came along. What is your reaction if indeed the case yeah. is that it isn't like that? It's, it's not surprising simply because look, Justin has been a polarizing player going back to before he was even selected by Chicago. There were people who thought Justin's a slow processor. Justin's a product of the system. Justin's a product of all the people around him at Ohio State. Ohio State quarterbacks don't ever really pan out until, obviously, C.J. Stroud blew that out of the water. The same kind of things they tried to attach to him before he was drafted by Houston and became the best thrower of all the rookie quarterbacks in 2023. So there are people who like Justin who still feel as though he has not even come close to scratching the surface of his potential. And there are people who believe that his time in Chicago is indicative of what his time is going to be regardless of where he goes because they don't think that he is just an upper echelon player. So it doesn't surprise me at all that that the market isn't like absolutely on fire for him. They're, but you know what? It only takes one team. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. It takes one team, one coach, one GM to say, hey, look, we think he wasn't set up for success. We think we can help him out. And the deal's done. And it really doesn't matter what the consensus is after that. Go ahead, Mike Tate. Yeah, Karini, I think what's really important here is the inverse of not making the trade. The best analogy we could come up with was Philadelphia. When they drafted Carson Wentz and had Sam Bradford, they were initially not going to play Carson Wentz. Then Teddy Bridgewater had that bizarre, unfortunate injury with Minnesota. And now Minnesota basically overpays to go get Sam Bradford. They have a good team, and the rest is history. So you could wait if you're the Bears, but it's far from ideal, and you just have to sit there and see if someone else gets hurt. So to me, 
Do exactly what you did a year ago. Get the best deal you can, because if not, this could go all the way into August or September, yeah. and that's not ideal for a new young quarterback. Green, Green if I could just jump in here real quick. It just no, reminds no. me, and Mike, I'm not sure we'll, we'll agree with this. Like, it's, it reminds me like of the first 48 hours of free agency, right? It's always a seller's market then. It becomes a buyer's market the longer it starts to extend. Because mm. then I don't think necessarily people panic. People then go, hey, look, you're, you're coming back to my price now. You're coming back. The first 48, of, uh, 48 hours of free agency, I'm sure Mike would say, though, that's when he has struck the worst deals. Because that's when people are at their most euphoric. And one of them sitting right next to Mike Greenberg. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Woody. We were having this conversation this morning, I should say actually. the worst. Yeah. I wouldn't say the worst. I would just say the most expensive. There you it go. was expensive. There you you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're da- right. Damian Woody has one wing in his house that Bill <laughs> Belichick paid for. He has another that Matt Millen paid for. Mike T just paid for the art. That's yeah, pretty yeah. much all it was. All right. As we go this morning, we'll figure out where all these pieces are going to come into place. But it's a critical day. Let me take a short break. Coming up is one team near the top of this draft about to do the exact opposite of what we have all expected all along. We will get you to that. Plus, should the Steelers sign Russell Wilson or should they run it back? Increasing number of voices saying Kenny Pitt deserves another shot and you'll hear why next. A Football Friday. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching Get Up. We are brought to you by GoDaddy. Power your future. All right, so remember when Jimmy Butler had that look um, at the beginning of the season? We were all confused by it. Turns out he was filming a video for the band Fallout Boy. Their song is called So Much for Stardust. What do we think of the look? D. Wood. Um, not my type of look, you know, but Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's a different type of ch- type of cat, man. So whatever floats his boat, but I can't pull anything like that off. Nah. Can I tell you I love the hat? I mean, am I, am I crazy if I say I love that hat? No, you wouldn't be crazy. Could I pull that hat off? No, you definitely could. You don't think so? No, I don't think you could pull it. wouldn't work for me? No, that doesn't seem like your style. Someone get me that hat, stat. <laughs> All right, as we continue, the Kings court. LeBron dominates in overtime at 39. Could he carry these Lakers a long way? We're talking a little hoops plus. What if Lamar Jackson was Andy Reid's quarterback instead of Patrick Mahomes? 
You need to hear what Chad Johnson had to say about that yesterday. <laughs> Next. We are back on Get Up on this Football Friday, and as we reach the bottom of the hour, Graziano's got Graziano's live from Indianapolis at the Combine. Dan, for those just joining us, what are the most important things fans need to know? Yeah, I'll try to give you information that's more updated than that photo, uh, which is, they're still <laughs> using for me. Uh, Justin Fields and the Bears, what, what's going to become of him? Bears are still kind of looking around what the market's going to be for Fields. Doing Brian Poles, the GM, doing his due diligence on, you know, what, what could I get for the pick? How far would we have to move back? Uh, he will come out of here with a sense of what he's going to do. He has made it clear uh, if they're going to trade Fields, he wants it done before free agency, which is in the next couple of weeks. So all this stuff about to get sorted out. Keeping it on quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings have been working on trying to find a deal that keeps him in Minnesota. Remember, if they do not re-sign him prior to the start of the league year, they will carry a $28.5 million dead money cap charge on their cap this year. They obviously don't want to do that if they can avoid it, uh, but if they cannot come to a deal with him by the start of the league year, he will hit the open market and be a free agent, uh, which he was once upon a time when he went to the Vikings. If that happens, there will be teams interested. I have been told to watch the Atlanta Falcons as a strong possibility if Kirk Cousins hits the open market. And this is another guy that, that his team does not want him to hit the open market. That is Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones. It would cost them over $32 million to franchise him. They've decided that that's a little too rich for their blood, but they are working on a deal with him, and they do have some optimism that they can get it done before free agency opens. It sounds like they're more likely to use the franchise tag on cornerback Lejarius Sneed. That could be a precursor to trading Sneed, uh, or I guess it's still possible they could both be on the team this year, but Chris Jones does sound like he's the priority, and it does sound like there have been some discussions that, that leave them optimistic they can get to a contract with him this time around. Both felt like such critical parts of that defense that, let's face it, is actually what won them the Super Bowl. All right, Dan, so obviously so much going on there at the Combine, and, and we will hear from the three young quarterback prospects today, and you will hear from them as soon as they have spoken. In the meantime, I want you to hear something else entirely as we call this sound off. It's interesting people saying interesting things. So Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocinco, a fascinating conversation yesterday about Lamar Jackson. Just listen. If I put Lamar, if I put Lamar on Kansas City, they win in the Super Bowl. Yeah, offensively, there would be a, a different offensive dynamic. It would be a different offensive dynamic. You have a great defense. You still got Spags. You got Andy Reid. Who knows? Listen, listen, stay with me now. Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin had a great year to, together. Yes. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson and Andy Reid? Boy, picture that. You talk about Picasso. You thought Picasso was creative in what he did? Now imagine Andy Reid and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so that's <laughs> a, a be beautifully phrased, uh, as only Chad can. Uh, imagine that for us for just a moment here. The Picasso, the painting that could be created, Lewis, by your guy Andy Reid if he had Lamar Jackson. I, I guess we could almost make it a serious question. Would, would they have won all these Super Bowls and everything else if Andy was designing those paintings for Lamar instead of Patrick? Yeah, look, if, if you really – if you had dropped Lamar into the same situation that 
Patrick Mahomes got drafted into, meaning going back to the beginning now. And he had the year to sit behind Alex Smith. He had the year to kind of watch how Alex Smith conducted himself, how they conduct business in Kansas City. And he had time to work with him, had time to kind of teach him how he wanted him to play the quarterback position, while at the same time being creative as far as going back into the archives like Andy does, like Matt Nagy does, and finding plays to utilize the strengths of of a wonderful talent like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the sky's the limit. I would I would venture to say that they would have won some Super Bowls with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. Look, and th- see, this kind of leads into a bigger discussion, which is how important it is, the structure around you, in terms of your individual success then. Lamar would have been dropped into a much different situation. And that's not taking anything away from John Harbaugh. That's not taking anything away from Greg Roman or anyone else that has coached him. But this is Andy Reid we're talking about now. And we know what kind of impact that he has on quarterbacks going all the way back to 1999 when he first became uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Picasso, Van Gogh, Leonardo (laughs) da Vinci. What do you think? Lamar and and Andy Reid. Yeah or no? You like it? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I like it. I don't know if he would have had the same success as as Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is one-on-one. I think the the, the bigger debate here is about – Development, right? Because I'm not, I'm, I don't want to slight Baltimore and what Baltimore's done as far as developing Lamar Jackson. I thought, you know, Greg Roman, who was the offensive coordinator when Lamar Jackson was there, I thought they did a great, I thought he did a fine job of implementing the skill set that he had and maximizing. Then obviously they went on, you know, went on to another offensive coordinator. But man, listen, I, I just got a kick out of, out of Ocho. Me too. Had Ocho Cinco Me with too. The, with the effing Picasso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a, a new feature, MFP, on this program. If you know, you know. And if you don't, we'll leave it at that. All right. We're almost wall-to-wall football today. But let's get Monica and Allen in here and let's run the floor because we got a bunch of good hoops last night, including the game that was here in New York last night, guys. Steph Curry, 31 points. Warriors beat the Knicks. Let's talk about this from both sides. Monica, we start with Golden State. They've been better the last month or so. Are we buying them as a team that could make a run, Monica? Uh, They have won seven road games. I think they're like 12 out of 15 in terms of wins. I love Steph. He's very pragmatic in interviews. And afterwards, he said they still got some work to do to make some movement in the standings. So the answer is yes, but it's a lot to be seen still. Where are the Warriors in all of this, Alan? As we look at that murderer's row that is the Western Conference, where do the Warriors, we know where they literally stack up, which is, you know, down there in that play-in area, but where do they stack up amongst legitimate contenders? A team you don't want to face in the first round for sure because of their experience. They have now all of a sudden depth. Chris Paul and... Clay Thompson coming off the bench is a much different look than a lot of other teams will have. So that's to their favor. To me, what they lack, which will keep them from being a team that gets deeper, maybe even to a Final Four, is their size. They're just not big enough of a team. Last night, they did an amazing job rebounding the basketball against a great rebounding Knicks team. That is, yes, under man, but they still get after it. So they can rebound when they do it as a team. But size-wise, I think, is what's holding them back. And let's talk about that number you see at the bottom right of your screen, the Knicks. Three and eight in their last 11. Bad sign, bad stretch. What are we looking at? Zoloft is coming out all around New York. Nervous. Anxiety <laughs> is rising because right now this is that biggest concern. Is, is Was January the best we've seen of this Nick team? Will we ever get to see that team whole again and healthy again? They are getting their guys back in the next couple of weeks. But coming up, Greeny, 
This is tough in the East because they're facing all these teams now that have caught up to them in the standings and could push them down. You've got Cleveland, who's killing everybody. You've got Atlanta, who's hanging in there. You've got Orlando that has beaten the Knicks three times and then two games against Philadelphia before you go to a West Coast trip. I've got tough stretch coming up right now. I've got Klonopin in the locker. Do you need it, McNutt, or are you okay? I'm a breathing exercise girl, so we're okay. just going to Talk to me. Nate, uh, yay or nay? Uh, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. They got to get healthy. That's that. You just cannot escape that fact. They have to get healthy. There's a ton of promise. I don't believe January is the best you've seen if they get healthy, but everybody's waiting and watching. All right, I opened the show this morning showing you what LeBron James did last night. 31 points in a Lakers overtime win over the Wizards, including an unbelievable chase down block. You're going to see it right here in the OT against. I mean, this is vintage, vintage LeBron. And I'll remind you, this is the second night of back to backs in which he led that furious comeback against the Clippers the night before. I'll underline they needed overtime to beat the Wizards at home last night. So what, I mean, they're so dependent on LeBron at his age. I'll ask you the same question as I did about the Warriors. When, when we look at the, the Western Conference, I mean, yeah, the Lakers. Yeah. Like, where do they where do they figure into everything? I think they figure a little bit closer because they have LeBron James. They have size with Anthony Davis. I mean, they have the experience of getting to a conference finals last year with essentially this group. Now, when I say the Warriors are too small, the Lakers are not deep enough. That might be the thing that holds them back on a run because for LeBron James, what you see out of him is that he can still get to a high level, and that's who he's on. Fourth quarter against the Clippers, an unbelievable fourth quarter that he had where he got red hot, and then you see him here also. When it's winning time, he's still there. But can LeBron James play 24 minutes? Can he play 22 minutes in his second half of a playoff game night in and night out? Because... You're going to need him to do that. And I don't know. Again, 39 years old. We keep waiting for it. But it's a lot to ask of him because they still rely on him so much. Mm, I think right now the Lakers and Warriors are running to one another in the play-in. <laughs> for the 10-9. It, it would now, yes. Yeah, which, it would, which is kind of crazy. I, I'm inclined to agree with Han. I like the size that the Lakers have. To me, and, and it could be matchups, right? You could say Minnesota versus Golden State, maybe the speed wins. I will say last night watching the Warriors, I understand why Draymond was so confident to start the week. But back to the Lakers, to me, their ability to defend makes them dangerous because of all of that size. And mm-hmm. then we're, nobody is counting LeBron James out, even at this Can't. stage of his career, because if you go by him getting you two, Anthony Davis gets you one, your role players get you one. You guys know the formula when it comes to series. So, But they've got to get to a series, and there's a lot of work to be done. In the meantime, I want to show you something that you have literally never seen before in your life. We'll call it eye candy. This is Victor Wembanyama on Chet Holmgren. Just look oh. at that Chet Calm down, D-Wood. Calm down, D-Wood. Oh, are you Just not entertained? Get to I, went, I, I swear I was looking at the highlight on my phone. I'm like, if this conversation comes up, I'm, I'm chiming in. Get me in here. It's D-Wood. two aliens out here. <laughs> like, one's like 7-2 and then another one's 7-5 playing like point guards. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is crazy. Is there anything in the world of basketball? And by the way, for those of you not paying attention, that's one of 47 block shots that Wembanyama had in the month of February, which is as many as the Bulls and Knicks had and more than five <laughs> other teams combined Jeez. in that month. He just turned 20 yep. years Jeez. old. Yep. Can we just run a reel of Wemby doing things that just don't look normal because they're not? We've never seen anything like this guy before. Your thoughts? He is going to be a guy that the whole league is now going to be relying on to take the mantle from LeBron James and Steph Curry. There's no other player in the league that has all these things that you need to be a face of the league. He's got it all, including, by the way, great personality. But the compelling stuff on the floor, the size factor, I mean, that's him. That, that, that's, that was Giannis, by 
the way, everybody, that wasn't just some bum. He blocked Giannis going to the basket. This guy's got everything you need on the court. He's got the charisma and personality off the court. You had to see him with the crowd last night in San Antonio. It was unbelievable when he grabbed the mic and started mm. talking to him. But what's missing, Monica? Got to win. Got to oh, win. Oh. Well, he's, he's got 20 to win. Years old. He just got here. I mean, is he starting to live up to the hype? Is he living up to the hype, I guess, from a realistic standpoint, Monica? Yes, absolutely. I yeah, mean, I you think look so at too. the numbers, the historic five and five, or five, 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 five whatever five, game. Five, yeah, five, yeah. however many five fives there are. Got five um, of everything. What I think to me, what is most intriguing, I've had a chance to cover a couple of Spurs games in person, and if you listen to Pop talk about him, He's just scratching the surface. Mm. He's still very much learning how to play NBA basketball. So, man, this is going to be something to see. He would. He's 20 years old. We're at the combine right now, right? We're looking at football players. <laughs> Tell me, give, give me the breakdown on this guy, this young fellow. 20 years old, 7'5", doing all of that? Yeah, man. I mean, come on, man. Like, he took nothing. a logo three last night. Logo three. Logo three. Yeah, logo three. We've yeah. never seen seven shut it. You've just never shut it seen, I'm telling you, you've never seen anything like it. If you're not watching, you're missing the best show in the sport right now. Meanwhile, tonight we got a good show for you. Friday doubleheader. We'll have Tatum and the Celtics. We'll have Luca and the Mavs. That's 7.30 Eastern. Then you will see Giannis taking on Chicago coverage. NBA countdown, 7 Eastern here on ESPN. Coming up, should the Steelers sign Russ or should they run it back? Does Kenny Pickett deserve another shot? The answer might surprise you. Next, get up with ESPN. We are back on Get Up, back at the Combine for a Friday edition of Is That Ridiculous with Lewis Riddick. Here we go, Lewis. So if I were to say, Lewis, that the Giants should draft a quarterback and thus move on from Daniel Jones, would that be ridiculous? Yeah, you know what? I, I think it is ridiculous unless, especially un unless there's one of the quarterbacks who they really like that is sitting there for them. I don't think they should move up and be aggressive moving up trying to replace him. I think, look, you get a look at this football team overall big picture and what Daniel Jones has been faced with. And I, in, in terms of the supporting cast on the offensive line, and they have thrown a lot of assets at the offensive line, and it just has not paid off. The supporting cast that he has at wide receiver, it's just not good enough. I think Joe Shane still needs to go to work to build out the rest of this roster right now. If a quarterback falls to them, great. Otherwise, they're sitting, I believe they have nine picks in this year's draft. They need to use them to, one, get a wide receiver, two, continue to build out this offensive line, three, add a playmaker to the defensive side of the ball. I don't think they need to go ahead right now and try and be aggressive in terms of looking to replace Daniel Jones at this point. All right, fair enough. Let me go to the next one then. If I said the Patriots need to trade back, trade out of three and not take a quarterback this year, would that be ridiculous? No, it wouldn't be ridiculous at all, especially if they think that like, Mac Jones is someone who really has been a victim of circumstance and the regression that he has had since his rookie year is not really largely due to the fact that he is just not talented enough, but simply because things have just fallen apart around him. Can, you know, starting with his second year, having like a coaching staff on the offensive side of the football that just is not suitable for a second-year player, and then just last year, just not having the weapons at all to really help him out. So I think this is a football team that needs to go ahead and stockpile picks. I think they should just go ahead and move out of there if that is what, you know, they're able to get done. And they should continue to build out this roster and ride with Mac Jones and give him another year with maybe some real support around him. 
be interesting to see if they decide to do that. And then with that thought in mind, let's ask a similar question about Pittsburgh. Do you believe, if I said to you the Steelers starting quarterback next year should be Russell Wilson, is that ridiculous? No, it's not ridiculous if Russell Wilson comes to them at their price. Like, they should not in the first 48 hours, right, when we're talking about free agency, trying to strike a deal and, like, really make a concerted effort to bring him into the fold. Could they add another veteran into the mix? Yes. I think when it comes to Russell Wilson, that would have to be, like, on their terms and on their terms only. And why do I say that? I say that because, look, I do believe that Pittsburgh is not just going to throw in the towel on Kenny Pickett. You're talking about a guy who was a Heisman Trophy runner-up and beat and broke all of Dan Marino's records at the University of Pittsburgh, who was subject again to a situation that was not set up for him to succeed in terms of the guy who was pulling, calling plays for him and in charge of his development, and that being Matt Canada, the previous offensive coordinator. So I think Pittsburgh right now, I think they still, I think Mike Tomlin is not one of those guys who just pulls the plug on people. I think he drafted Kenny Pickett for a reason. I think he understands the circumstances surrounding his development or lack thereof, and I think they're going to ride with him for another year. Which is fascinating. And Graziano, you know, Pittsburgh is another one of these places that I think all along we've been pointing to, well, they'll want a quarterback. They'll definitely want to get into the veteran quarterback market. What have you been hearing there? Yeah, it lines up really with what Lewis is saying. I mean, one of the most patient organizations in the entire league, if not the most, uh, they, they, they'd stuck with Matt Canada probably longer than a lot of teams would have at offensive coordinator. So, yeah, Kenny Pickett heading into year three, I don't think they're ready to give up on him. I don't. I think the Steelers plan to bring in some competition at quarterback. Yeah. I don't get the sense that they want to commit to one of the older veteran types like a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins. Now, does that mean they are in the market for a Justin Fields? Maybe. You know, he's still somewhat of a developmental prospect ahead of Pickett at this point. But um, if they brought him in, then they'd have to be developing them both at the same time. A little tricky. So if they're not willing to give up on Pickett, they may not be big players in this offseason's quarterback market. Which I think would surprise a lot of people, but as you say, might be in keeping with the way they've done things. Uh, Mike, Mike T., you made an interesting point this morning, and I tried to bring it up yesterday, but you always articulate it better than I do. Russell Wilson may have some very interesting decisions to make as this process plays out. Greedy, this is as fascinating a dynamic as we've had in a long time. Russell Wilson at one point was a really good quarterback, but he is a diminished skill athlete. He's 11 and 19 over his last 30 starts. All his stats are going the wrong way. And here's what's fascinating. T-Max is going to say, hey, Russ, come on in. We want you here on a one-year deal. Prove it. You could be our starter. And he'll say, well, that's great. What are we thinking about in 2025? And they're going to say no guarantees. So we're going to see how much Russell Wilson loves football. I would be shocked if he signs with anybody before May 1st because no one's going to give him 2025 guaranteed money. So he's going to say to himself, why in the world would I spend, you know, risk getting hurt when I could basically sit home and make $39 million? I do think he signs at some point. It may be Joe Flacco. It may be Carson Wentz sometime in the season. But this is going to be a fascinating dynamic because no one's going to give him the guaranteed money that he's going to hope for. Yeah, and the important piece of that puzzle is that he's going to get the $39 million from Denver, whether he plays or not, as soon as they release him, which they will have Mm. to do. So, D. Wood, and I don't say this critically of him, love football, not love football. The man will have made $300 million. Yeah. He's had a magnificent career. And look, we can talk all we want. It's become so fashionable to knock him. He's had an excellent football career. He could just walk away. If if there's really no situation out there for him, I don't think it would 
It's, it's questioning his love of the game to say, you know what? There really isn't a good fit for me out there. Maybe it's time. I think, I think you know, you, you bring up a, a good point, but I think a lot of athletes aren't wired that way. You know, especially a guy, you know, a guy like Russell Wilson, who it, just from, from a view afar, thinking about legacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at one point, we were talking about Russell Wilson was on a trajectory towards being a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's been derailed over the past, you know, mm -hmm. you know few seasons. So, would he want this really to be the end of, end of the discussion as it relates to Russell Wilson, the football player on the field? I, I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. That's what Dan said yesterday, that he can't see him going out this way. We'll see. These decisions might get made really soon, or as Mike T points out, the Russell Wilson one might take some time. Meanwhile, is today the day? We are approaching the anniversary of their last blockbuster. We'll tell you why it might not be as easy for the Bears this time around. That's next.